Hello everyone, my name is Kaylin Otto, and I just sounded like a robot. <laughs> Off in the midst of nothingness and unknowing, follow the compass that my heart is showing. listening to will work for food and if you're new with us thank you for joining us if you've been here for a while i'm so glad you're back thank you for the ongoing support um so if you were with us last week you'll know that we interviewed nicole arnold who at 17 biked across the u.s and she started solo and that was a pretty cool story because nicole told us a lot of details that made me laugh um that made me cringe and was your nice dose of adventure, or if you're trying to figure out how you can bike tour, I think that that was pretty helpful as well. So this week, we're going to finish that interview with Nicole and actually move on to where we left off last week to her hitchhiking story, which I think I like this this part of the interview even better, actually, because this story is just, it's just, it's, I love it. It's great. Um, so that's what we're going to be talking about on this podcast today. But before we get into the story, I wanted to make a couple announcements. So if you check out my blog on Instagram, you'll see that every Friday I'm doing a hashtag wandering Friday. And what that means is that you submit your pictures to me um, with a caption or quote that you like or anything like that. And I share your travel pictures and travel stories each Friday, just so that we can inspire each other, um, visit some new places, and start to get those dream juices flowing in the mind. Because I know when I see pictures, I like I said last time, I don't even have to know where they're from or what that person was doing there. It makes me <laughs> want to get up and go. So a big um, point of my blog and my and the things that I share on social media is to share your stories and have a brighter brighter. I meant brighter and wider, <laughs> more perspective um, from different people, not just from me. I do not know everyone. And um, so yeah, I want to share your stories. So please submit that to me through direct messages through any social media site, or if you email them to me at wonderwomanonline at gmail.com. Wonderwomanonline at gmail.com. That would be great. Thank you so much in advance. And I have one more update for you today. So everything that I share um, is free. You know, I just do these interviews which have different information and I write blog posts that have different tips and stuff like that. Oh, actually I have two updates for you. This is the first one. So everything that I share is free and hopefully you can pull together what you need from all these resources. If you have questions um, and you know that my guidance is always free, I'm here to reach out and help you. So please use those tools as you need. But I'm going to do one thing a little bit differently here. I'm writing a travel guide and 
it is going to be how you can travel with little to no money, and um, it's going to be put into an ebook and possibly published as well. I'm not quite sure how to do that yet, so I'll be figuring that out. But this will be for some sort of price. Um, I might even do it where you can like donate as much as you want. I think that's more what I'm leaning towards. So I just wanted to give you a heads up that um, that's something that's going to be coming out that might be really helpful to you if you've thought about this travel. I know a lot of people ask me how to do it, and I feel like I can't give them enough information because it's really hard to explain all this in a few paragraphs. So now I can actually hand you a full guide, which I'm super excited about. Um, so I wanted to share that with you. So if you're looking for ways that you can learn more and support me, that will be an opportunity for you coming up. And my last update for today is that I applied for this job that I'm so excited about. Um, it would be me living in Cancun for six months and basically doing what I'm already doing. So going on adventures and sharing other people's stories and videos and photos and running social media and um, getting paid at the same time, which that would be really nice. <laughs> I have been setting that in my intentions for a while now, um, just to have abundance come to me easily. And I would love the chance to have this bigger platform where I can spread more love and light, where I can veganize this travel industry, adventure industry, and hopefully make it a lot less painful for others. Um, so with all that being said, I need your help with that. And so I submitted a video application and a small written one, and the judges are taking the top 100 ones um, that they see. And that's what they'll be looking at more. So all I need is your vote. And it's super easy for you to vote. You don't have to enter in any information or anything like that. You literally have to go to a website and literally just click vote. It takes under 30 seconds. So I will put the link in this podcast description. description. And the website is ceo.cancun.com slash profile slash Kaylin hyphen auto. I'll read that one more time. So ceo.cancun.com slash profile slash Kaylin hyphen auto. And like I said, it will be in this description. So please, please go vote for me. Um, if you follow me on Facebook, you can share my video on Facebook. That seems to be helping me the most. And then the link is under that so people can go vote. And actually, you can vote every day up until December 24th, I believe it is. I keep saying that date, so I hope it's right. <laughs> um... So yeah, you can vote today, you can vote tomorrow and the next day, and ooh, if I had some people doing that, it would be amazing because people are gaining traction here pretty fast, but I'm still on the um, front page if I look under the most popular. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I'm 10th row down now. Wow, and I was like the fifth, so people are actually submitting more videos and getting more votes. So urgent, urgent, please help. Um, easy to do. So thank you for that support. Please try to remember to vote more than once and share it with your friends if you love what I do and you want to help me help myself. Anyways, thank you for listening, and we are going to get right into this week's podcast interview. Tell me that story again. I think it's super, you know, it's not 
one of those stories where like I went and raised all this money or I did this but it's an accomplishment because not that many people are doing that and you learn so much and I'm sure you have the best memories so I just think it's a great accomplishment and I really like for other people to hear it okay so <laughs> this was October of 2016 okay um so just about a year ago and it was my fall break. At the time, I was a student at Loyola University in Chicago. And so I had, like, I don't know, five or six days off of school. And, of course, I was like, okay, I've got to travel, of course. Like, why would I stay in Chicago? Yeah. So I took to Google Flights and found a super cheap flight to Salt Lake City, Utah. Now, I chose Utah um, for a few reasons, and I, I could have chosen a few other destinations. You know, flying out of Chicago can be super cheap when you're going to places like New York City or um, San Francisco. Even places, in, even places in Mexico or Canada can be pretty cheap. Mm -hmm. But my friends um, have done a lot of traveling in Utah, and I've just heard some great things about the state in general. And... I actually tried to modify my bike trip, my bike trip, so that it would go through Utah, but that didn't end up working out because I did have a time limit. Um, and so Utah had just been on the back of my mind, and I knew that I wanted to get there at some yeah. point. So I figured, well, now this is the time. You know, yes. there's a cheap plane ticket, so it's calling my name. Heading to Utah. Going to Utah, and so I went to Utah, Salt Lake City. With just I your backpack, went right? With my backpack, okay. and in my backpack, I had a change of clothes. I had my tent, which I rented from the school, mm -hmm. a sleeping bag, which I rented from the school, and let's see, that's all. That's all I had with me. Nice. And yeah, I got to Utah with absolutely no plans, and I explored downtown a little bit. You, Salt Lake City wasn't really what I expected, and. I knew that it, I didn't want to spend all my time there because yeah. I wanted to get to the really beautiful uh, scenic areas in Utah. Right. So that first day when I got there, I went to um, Oktoberfest. Okay. Oktoberfest, which was like up on this mountain range. What's it called? I can't remember the name. Up on a mountain range and... It was really, really, really beautiful. Um, and so I spent the day at Oktoberfest. Keep in mind, I hitchhiked there. <laughs> and you couch surfed the night before, right? This is the night that I couch surfed. Okay. Um, so, yeah, uh, while I was there, I actually reached out to a couch surfer because I had no idea where I was going to stay that night. Yeah. And I figured, well, you know, I could camp, but... I would love to meet somebody who lives here in Salt Lake City. Right. I really don't know much about the city in general or about the state. So I couch surfed with a guy that night. But before we before we get into that story, let's go back to Oktoberfest. Spent the day at Oktoberfest on this beautiful mountain range. And I the sun started setting and I figured, well, I should probably figure out um, how I'm going to get back to Salt Lake City, which is where my host was for that night. Yeah. So I was, like, asking around, and I don't know. It was really dying out, so I figured it probably wasn't the best place to hitchhike because there weren't many cars yeah. going back at that hour. 
So I actually snuck onto an employee shuttle bus because all of the volunteers and employees at the festival had to park their cars closer to the city. Yeah. And all of the um, people who attended the event got to park closer to the event. Right. So the shuttle had to go pretty far to drop off the employees and volunteers. So I figured, ooh, okay, that's my ride. Ooh, okay. <laughs> and, yeah, I just snuck onto the shuttle and took me straight to Salt Lake City. Nice. Did people really look great. at you or anything? Or there was just... only like two other people on the shuttle bus with me oh and I had my big backpack with me so obviously it didn't look like I was an employee yeah but nobody said anything so it works out it worked out really well (laughs) that's really smart yeah so next time you need a ride maybe there's a free shuttle that goes look around I've look around I actually did that in California this year oh really to get from somewhere it was like four hours away to LA I asked though I mean I probably would have Sneaking on is a very good idea, too. But was I it asked. Free? It was free. Nice. Yeah, it was like a four-hour bus ride, which wow. was really nice. Wow, saved some money. I saved some big money. So that's a good tip. Anyone, just look for the employee shuttle buses and yes. get on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I spent that night in Salt Lake City. My couch surfing host was a really cool guy um, who had lived in the city for a few years. And we ended up going to this meetup which was um, a meetup with people from all all over Salt Lake City. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were all very, like, artsy, musical type of group. Um, Okay. And so we all cooked dinner together, which was amazing. We had this great vegan Indian meal. Um, And we were all, like, drinking wine, and everybody had their instruments, and they were all playing music. Oh, nice. Um, it, was, it was just, like, a beautiful night with strangers, you know? Right. Just like, meeting new people and talking and eating and drinking wine. It was it was just a beautiful moment. That is. Yeah. I love, I love moments when I'm traveling and I'm able to get with a group of open-minded people who are like, oh, yeah, come in with us. Right. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure this group has a dinner event like this maybe once a month or so. Okay. Um. So it, it felt really good to be welcomed. Right. Yeah. Those are magic. Those are magic nights. It, right? it was they a beautiful, beautiful night. Yeah. And we stayed there at that party for the get together until like 1 a.m. So yeah, and then went to bed at my couch surfer's uh, house, my host's house on his couch. And the following morning, I decided that I wanted to go to Southern Utah. Um, because that's where all the national parks are. And that's, right. that's where all the beauty is. So, you know, I did look into taking the bus there, but tickets were super expensive. One way it was like, I don't know, a hundred and it was like almost 200 bucks. Yeah. And I said, okay, round trip, that's 400 bucks. No, Ooh, that's not happening. That's a big dent. <laughs> yeah. It's a dent. And so then I was like, well, what if I, what if I fly from Salt Lake City there? And obviously that was super expensive too. Yeah. So I, and there was no public transportation there um, besides these buses that were ridiculously expensive. Yeah. So I said, all right, you know, I'm going to hitchhike there. (laughs) Yeah. And this is when my hitchhiking story starts. I got some cardboard. Um, and I wrote Moab on the sign. Yeah. And Moab, if you're not familiar with it, is a town 
in southern Utah, um, right next to Canyonlands National Park and Arches National Park. Mm -hmm. It's a really great outdoorsy town, um, just as as outdoorsy as, like, Jackson Hole, Wyoming, or one of those towns. Yeah. Um, So it caters to a lot of tourism. That's the main industry there. But it's very well known for mountain biking and for, you know, the national parks that surround it as well. So that's where I wanted to go. My sign said Moab, and it had a big smiley face on it, and that's (laughs) not all. So I took an Uber from my host's house Mm -hmm. to the ramp um, that leads to the interstate going south. Okay. And I needed to go south because that was the direction um, where Moab was. So... I waited, and about two minutes later, a couple picked me up. I wasn't surprised that it only took two minutes because I'm a female, and I think I looked fairly clean that day. Yeah. Not very homeless. Yeah. So, you know, that always helps a lot. It does. And I was smiling and waving and trying to be (laughs) happy and inviting. Yes. I think that helps a lot. Privilege. Yeah. And I got picked up by a couple who was Mormon. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a Mormon couple. And they were in their young 20s or maybe even, like, 19. And they were uh, married Mm -hmm. and, like, already talking about having a family and they already had a house together. (laughs) And I was just a little mind-blown when I heard all of this. But I obviously didn't do my research because the majority of Utah is Mormon. Mm -hmm. And so they all – it's – very, very, very common for people to get married at a super young age and, yeah. you know, start having kids very young. Um, also, what I didn't realize is everything is closed on Sundays. <laughs> like, they take that very, very seriously yeah. in Utah. And so they drove me for a little ways. Um, they were headed home after a weekend in Salt Lake City, and... They dropped me off in a little town. I'm trying to pull it up on a map right now. Provo. Provo. Okay. Provo. I feel like I've heard of that. Provo. Yeah, it's a really cute town. They have this nice main street. And so I had not eaten that day yet, and I figured, oh, I'll just eat something wherever I get dropped off. Right. So Provo is a town. Obviously, they have lots of restaurants, but it was Sunday, so there was, like, nothing open, literally. So I was out of luck there. <laughs> Thankfully, I packed a few uh, Cliff Bars and there you go. snacks in my pack. And so they dropped me off. We had a great conversation. I was basically asking them questions about the culture of their religion and living in Utah mm-hmm. and what they were doing for life or for work or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and the next person who picked me up was a woman in her 40s, um, she drove a big truck, and she was on her way to pick up her, her young son from, like, football practice or soccer practice or something, some sporting event, and she took me um, a little ways. She was really nice, really cool to hang out with. I told her that I really enjoyed traveling, and she seemed like a pretty free-spirited woman, so yeah. I really liked that about her, and we had some good conversations as well. And, um, so, she was my second person who picked me up. The third person who picked me up, well, let's just 
let's just say she dropped me off kind of in the middle of nowhere. Okay. But it was on the road that leads straight to Moab. All right. You don't have to turn off anywhere to get to Moab um, at this point. But there's nothing around. But there's nothing around. No towns. I mean, it was just a one-lane road. Well, two-lane road. Mm -hmm. And a little shoulder. Did that make you nervous? It didn't make me nervous um, because... There were quite a few cars on the road. Yeah. And I'm a female. Yeah. Like, you know you're going to get picked up easier. I know I'm going to get picked up pretty easily. Right. I I try to use that to my advantage. Hey, use it. Yeah, why not? (laughs) Right. So, I saw a truck pull over, and it was a pretty big, like, diesel engine truck, and the windows were tinted, so automatically I thought, oh, this is probably a male, not a female. Mm -hmm. And I have a few rules when it comes to hitchhiking. And one of them is that I don't get in cars when there's only um, a male or multiple males. Yeah. I want there to be a female. Yeah. And that may sound like weird or whatever, but I don't know. I hate, I hate judging that way. Right. But I think it's a pretty sensible rule. There are dangers. I think I do have to be. A little observant. Definitely. Of what cars they get into. For sure. And also the license plate was not from Utah, and so that made me a little a little worried. Mm-hmm. And I thought, hmm, well, this person isn't from Utah, so that's maybe a bit strange. Maybe Do you remember where they're from? The license plate, I'm pretty sure, said California because it was okay. a rental car. Oh, yeah. And so I, I walked up. You know, I was a little bit skeptical at first, but... The woman rolled down her window, and when I saw that it was a female, I automatically got really happy. Like, hey. I was like, yes. And so she was like, where are you going? And I said, Moab. And she told me that she was going to Moab, too. So it ended up working out really great. And we rode together for the remaining three and a half hours all the way to Moab. Wow. Um, yeah. And turns out she was there for work. She... This is a woman from Reno, Nevada, Mm -hmm. and she goes to Moab every single year to do um, work for the company that she works for, doing, like, water, water testing, something with water research. So her, um, her company rents out a house for her every single year when she goes to Moab because typically she has coworkers that end up flying in with her to help her on the project. This year... Or that year, um, she flew in alone without any coworkers, and her coworkers were going to come in like two days later. So she had this giant house all to herself. It was like a three bedroom house, and you know she was the only person staying there. And so she offered for me to stay there, which was so so sweet and generous. Yeah. And I took the offer because I had no plans and I had no idea where I was going to sleep that night. Right. So I said, why not? I'll just. I'll just sleep there. Travel magic. And it was, yeah, it was beautiful. I felt so blessed at that moment. So we hung out that night, went to the grocery store together, mm-hmm. and cooked together. And then I, we were just driving around, and she took me down this beautiful back road behind a grocery store. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that you would totally not expect, but it was this dirt road, and it went over, like, uh, it was mountainous terrain but desert like 
and it, it was just amazing. And the sun was setting, so we watched the sunset, and it was a pretty, pretty abandoned road. I think we only saw like one or two cars yeah. for the entire time that we were on this road. And she told me that she accident, accidentally discovered this road one day when she got lost. Yeah. And ever since then, she's been going back every year. Oh, that's so funny. Um, when she goes to Moab, just to go down the road. Right. So we went down that road, um, hung out, went to bed. And the following morning, I took to hitchhiking once again. Nice. And that day, I decided that I wanted to go hiking and do the whole national park thing. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I'm going to walk down the highway, down the main street in Moab, um, which is really close to the Arches National Park, the entrance. So I said, okay, I can walk there. I walked there, and I got to the sign um, that said Arches National Park. I started walking down the road that was right directly off the highway that leads to the gates where you pay to enter the national park. Yeah. And I decided that I would hitchhike in because I wasn't sure if I could just walk in or I wasn't sure if they would charge me if I was just trying to walk in. Right. I just kind of wanted to avoid that. So I tried to hitchhike into the national park. And after a few minutes with my thumb out, um, a park ranger came up to me and she was not very friendly at all. She was like, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm just... Just, like, trying to get a ride into the park. And she was like, you understand this is highly illegal. Like, you're not allowed to do this on our property. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't aware that it was your property. Like, because we haven't entered or I haven't entered the gates. Yeah. You know, I haven't paid to enter yet. And she was like, yes, this is our property. Like, and you have to leave. And I said, okay, well, where can I hitchhike from? Or, like, can I hitchhike from anywhere? Uh, around here and she was like nope you can't hitchhike on our property and I said okay so what if I walk 50 feet in that direction and I pointed to the highway and she said okay I mean like I don't know I guess it's not my property it's not the National Park's property and so um that's what I did and she really discouraged me from hitchhiking in she was like if I see you like we're gonna kick you out so Anyways, I walked a few feet to the highway and hitchhiked into the National Park. I ended up getting in a car with a single male, which I know I said I wouldn't do earlier. That's one of my rules. But I made an exception because this guy was pretty young. um, And there was only, there's one main road in the National Park. Yeah. And it was pretty crowded too. So I figured that, um, you know, nothing could really go wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just a feeling of more general safety there. Yeah, and I, I had a good feeling about this guy, too. He was really nice. Turns out this guy was visiting from D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, just for fun. And he flew into Denver and then rented a car and drove to Moab by himself. He was doing this whole trip by himself. And we ended up hiking the entire day together. We had so much fun <laughs> in the National Park. And after... We left the National Park, uh, got in this car again. We were just hanging out, going down the main street in Moab. Yeah. uh, Trying to find something to eat because we were starving at this point. And I saw a billboard. um, My favorite part. (laughs) I saw this billboard advertising skydiving. And 
we have no plans for the rest of the afternoon. So I turned to him and I said, hey, have you ever been skydiving before? Mm -hmm. And he said, no. Have you ever been skydiving? And I said, no, I haven't. But there's a billboard right there for skydiving. So we obviously should go skydiving. Yeah, I said, do you want to go skydiving? And... He was like, right now? And I said, yeah, why not? Like, we don't have any plans. Yeah. So at that moment, I called the uh, skydiving company, and I said, hey, do you have any open spots for today? (laughs) And he said, we have a plane that's leaving in 10 to 15 minutes. And I said, all right, I'll be there. Oh, my goodness. So we drove to the airport, filled out paperwork, and we went skydiving. And, it, and he and was like, just down with it. He was yeah. just like, yeah, let's go. And this is all within like 30 minutes from when we came up with the idea and executed it. So, yeah. Wow. And what was skydiving like? I haven't done that. It's on my list, but. It was really great. And according to the um, people who work at the company, mm-hmm. that Moab is one of the best places to do it in the country because you oh. overlook the national parks. So you can see these amazing arches yeah. while you're skydiving. And it's it's really incredible um, because the terrain is just so unique there. Right. Um, but the experience itself was really great. I would do it again, definitely. And what happened after you went skydiving? Did you get back in his car? Did you hitchhike? Yes. We, so we... Um, Drove around together some more. I don't remember exactly what we did. Oh, you know what we did? We ended up going to the campsite because mm. he had a campsite. Uh, he was camping as well. And so I... In the park? Uh, no, not in the national park. It was outside of the national park. Okay. Um, so he shared his dirt with me generously. And I set up my tent and he set up his tent. Yeah. And then we went to a bar and, like, had some a few beers and, like, talked some more about life and mm-hmm. whatever. Got along super, super well. So, went to bed. And then the following morning, he and I ended up driving to Denver together. And this okay. was totally unexpected because I thought about maybe driving or maybe hitchhiking to Zion National Park. Yeah. But I heard from a few people who I had talked to um, – that it's pretty much in the middle of nowhere, and so there's yeah, no is. town or anything. And since I was backpacking and, you know, I didn't really have much food, I didn't have, like, a stove with me or anything, I decided, hmm, maybe I'll save that for another time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so I said, okay, well, maybe I'll just go to Denver with him. He invited me along, and I said, yeah, why not? <laughs> it's I, mean, I have no plans, so whatever. Right. So we... Drove to Denver together that day, and it was it was really great. It was like a scene out of a movie. We were singing songs in the car, and we made a few pit stops. We stopped in Vail to explore yeah. for a little bit and ate lunch. And, yeah, it was just a really, really fun experience. So when we got to Denver, he had to go to the airport. And I have friends that live in Denver, so I ended up going and staying with my friends for a few days. Yeah. And... I mean, it wasn't super exciting, but it was great to see them and totally Mm. unexpected, too. So that was essentially my entire trip. And then I flew out of Denver back to Chicago. Wow. 
That is such an awesome trip. And how many days was this? I, I didn't count when it no. was going on. Do you even remember? You know, I don't really remember. Okay. Um, I think it was like four days. Nice. Five days. That's a lot of adventure packed into four or five days. It was really great. It yeah. sounds so great. I seriously love that so much. I think that a lot of people are afraid to travel alone. Yes, They're especially only, females. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, mm-hmm. especially females. What would you tell those people? Um, because a lot of people think about it and they look at other people doing it and they say they want to do it, but there's just those factors that they feel like hold them back. So what would you tell those people? I would tell those people that the world is not as scary as it appears to be. Mm-hmm. I think media makes... Um, the world seem like a very scary place because the media is constantly being, you know, very negative when it comes to everything. You know, you hear about murders and about shootings and terrorist attacks and people being mean to each other and whatnot, robberies. But a lot of times you don't really hear about all the good things that go on in the world yeah, and all the good Samaritans that there are. Right. So... I think that's a big, big thing to think about. Um, And I definitely realized that on my bike trip a lot more. You know, people are so generous. People would come up to me and give me water, give me food. Right. um, Pull me over on the side of the road and say, hey, do you need a place to stay tonight? Like, you can stay in my guest bedroom in my house. And things like that just make me see some light in the future of Mm -hmm. the world, you know? Yeah. Despite all the negativity that's going around. Right. So I think it's important to think about that um, when considering on traveling alone because not everybody is bad. The majority of people are good, in fact. Mm -hmm. The vast majority. It's a very, very slim percentage of people who are out to do something bad. Right. Also, just listen to your your gut. Um, Your intuition is a very powerful thing, and especially for women, um, I think as long as you, you know what to look out for, mm-hmm. then you should be good. Yeah. And always, definitely. you know, carry something like pepper spray or a pocket knife or whatnot. Right. A taser. All of the above. I have all, all three. All of the above. <laughs> um, just to be safe. Right. Um, yeah. And just, yeah, use precautions. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's really good advice. I know that all of our experiences are shaped by our different appearances and privileges and things like that. But I I think that those are really good things for everyone to look out for. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think is so cool about you, and I like talking about things with you too, it's weird. It's like we do have a lot of things in common, and I can almost see sometimes... So people will say to me, like, that's so amazing that you're doing what you want to do and that you're traveling and that you're doing it with no money or this way or that way or whatever. And sometimes I'm like, meh, like, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, I'm just doing it. And so looking at you doing these things is almost like a little window for me, too, on what I might sound like to people, which is neat because I don't get that that often. Um, And so I think that's that's really amazing to talk to someone else who's just, doing exactly what they want to do just making it happen you know just Uh flying out there and not having a plan and hitchhiking and skydiving and you know biking across the country and all of the above so I think that that is super amazing 
and really inspiring that Thank you're you. just like, yeah, I'm here and I'm doing it. Um, yeah, and I think you're super inspiring as well. Oh, thanks. And I think that brings <laughs> up an important point that I want to mention. Yeah. And that is that, um, you're right, a lot of people, when they hear our stories like ours, mm-hmm. they're like, oh my God, that's amazing. Like, I love that you're just going out into the world and doing what you really want to do. Right. Despite factors like money or whatnot. Um, and I, I think that's kind of sad because the fact that people say that just goes, it goes to show that, um, a lot of people are doing things in their life that they're not completely happy with Mm -hmm. and they're doing it just because, you know, it's a norm and they feel like they feel pressured by society, um, or they're just, you know, stuck in this rut Mm -hmm. and, you know, ruts can be comfortable for people and they can be very comfortable. Comfort is not how you how you grow as a person right um so yeah it is just kind of sad to see that not a lot of people are doing what they want to do in life no a lot of it has to do with money it it does a lot of it does have material things um so that's it's kind of unfortunate right it's very unfortunate and it's it's just everyone's story is so different and I think it's just better for the overall population if we are doing what we love exactly. if we're doing what we're passionate about right. and we excel in it or we fail at it or whatever it is but we're at least trying you know right. um I just think that that's a really good way to inspire others and sort of get everyone out there doing what they like so thank you so much is there anything else that you'd like to say or talk about um don't take a taser in the airport <laughs> Lesson learned the hard way. And how was that lesson learned? At the end of my bike trip, this Uh is the very last day. So I ended my trip in Virginia on the coast. And I had a flight um, booked, leaving Virginia back to Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. And, you know, I was careful on my trip. I had a taser with me and a pocket knife Mm -hmm. um, and pepper spray. And so on my, well, let's put it this way. When I started my trip, I shipped all my stuff out to Oregon. Okay. So it would be there when I got there. But on my way back, I threw away half of the stuff because it was, like, destroyed from all the wear and tear on the yeah. trip. But the rest of it, I just left in the pannier and uh, went through security with it and just brought it as a carry-on on the plane. Oh, my gosh. And so without realizing that I still had my taser and my pocket knife and my pepper spray, I went through security, and oh, obviously shit. it went off, and I didn't use it at all, any of these things, the entire yeah. trip. So it was, like, at the very bottom, and I had completely forgotten about it. Um, so they, the, the TSA representative goes through my bag and, He's, he pulls out the, the taser and the pepper spray, and he was like, ma'am, you realize you can't have this in your bag. And I was like, oh, you know, wow, I yeah, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, you can throw it away. I just, I'm trying to make my flight. Like, yeah. just throw it away. I don't need it, whatever. But this guy was like, no, ma'am, I can't just throw this away. Like, this is against the law to, like, walk through security with this. And I was like, you can just throw it away. Like, I don't need it. I'm not arguing with yeah. you. Yeah. Like, just get rid of it. I'm just trying to make my flight and not get in trouble. Right. So he ends up pulling out this giant handbook with all these rules. And 
he was, he asked me questions. He was like, what are you doing with these things? And I, I tried to explain to him that I just biked across the country, but he looked at me like I was insane. Yeah. And he didn't believe me. He was like, what do you mean you just biked across the country? And I said, yeah. So I literally got on my bike on the West Coast and biked all the way to the East Coast. And the, the TSA person was not falling for it. And he was like, how old are you? And I told him I was 17. And then he was like, oh, are you a runaway? Like, do your parents know you're doing this? And I was like, no, I'm not a runaway. My parents do know I'm doing this. And yeah. he said, well, when was the last time you talked to them? And he was getting all sassy. And I was like, look, dude, I just biked across the country. I'm just trying to get I'm home. tired. Just like, ready to go. Just take it. I don't care. Just let me get on the plane. Yeah. So they didn't let me get on the plane. He told me to call my parents. I called them. And he said he had me tell them that they needed to come to Virginia, drive there, and pick me up. And I was like, oh, my God. My dad was so mad. Did they come pick you up? They had to. Oh, my gosh. Because they put me in handcuffs right there at the airport, put me in the back of a cop car, and took me to the juvenile detention center in Newport News, Virginia. No, they did not. Yeah. So they didn't even listen. That amazes me that humans that have lived so many years will not believe other humans who have lived. Like, I understand things happen, but will not believe other humans because they've only lived 17 years or whatever it may be. Yeah. Did they talk to your parents on the phone? Did they? Briefly, they were just like, ma'am, you have to come and pick up your daughter. Did your parents ask why? Yeah, my parents were freaking out. They were like, I don't understand. They're like, yeah, she broke the law. And I was like, (laughs) So apparently... As a 17-year-old, or any 17-year-old, is not allowed to carry pepper spray or a taser. It's illegal. Yeah, I knew that they would. I always have to ditch mine or put it in my big bag when I get on planes. But, I mean, not on, not on planes, just in general. Oh, in general. Like, just in general. Like, walking around anywhere in the U.S. I did not know it's that. It's against the law. And I didn't know that either. You know, like, I bought them on Amazon. Never right. Never really thought to look into the rules or specifics right. of it. So... Yeah, that's what I got busted for. And how long did they keep you there? You just had to wait till your parents came? Yeah, so I spent the night in jail. I had to spend the night. Um, and, yeah, I had to do, they did, like, a strip search. I had to, like, bend over and cough. They searched my bags, like, had to write down everything that I had with me. And I have dreads in my hair. Yeah. And, you know, they don't let you have, like, any ponytails or anything right. in the jail. Um, because they think that you might try to, like, kill yourself with it or try to use it to escape. Okay. And so I obviously couldn't have my hair up, but I have string that's embedded in my in my dreads. Yeah. And it was, like, a hot topic. They were like, we're going to have to shave your dreads off. And I my dreads are pretty sentimental to me. Yeah. Because they grew a certain way. They kind of got messed up on my bike trip, and they've kind of grown into this weird shape. Yeah. Um. And so I was freaking out. I was like, no, no, you can't shave my dreads off. Right. They didn't end up shaving them off, thankfully, because the thread that's woven into them is so deeply embedded. It's impossible to take out. Yeah. Because my dreads are very formed. Um, So, yeah, I spent the night in jail and had to go to court the next morning. And the judge released me after talking to me for, like, two minutes. After she asked me three questions, she said, 
were you smart in high school? Did you get good grades? And are you going to college? And I was like, yes, yes, and yes. Yeah. And she was like, okay, I don't know why you're here. You can go home. And that was it. And that was it. And then your parents took you home. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I mean, it was a miserable, like, 10-hour car ride home. Right. That could have been a lot easier on a plane the previous day. Right. But I made it home, which is all that matters. Were they happy to see you, or were they just, like, fed up with that they had to come pick you up? I mean, I think they were happy to see me, and they were, like, mad at the TSA for, like, putting me in jail over that petty of a crime, Mm -hmm. you know, that I didn't even know about, (laughs) that I I didn't even cause any harm or, like, commotion. Right. It was just a mistake, so. Wow. And then you made it home. I made it home, and, yeah. Wow. Here I am today, just fine. (laughs) And, you know, I always had going to jail on my bucket list. Yeah. And I did not think I would ever That that would be why. I mean, I didn't think that would be the day that that would happen. Right. But I'm kind of glad it happened. That that was why. Yeah. Why has that been on your bucket list? Because, I don't know, I just have a lot of crazy things on my bucket list. It's just something to see the inside of another place. I just just wanted to experience it, yeah. Well, you got your wish, like, perfectly, your happy ending to your bike tour. Yes. Definitely. Oh, wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of those. (laughs) I have not put out podcast episodes for a little bit, so I'm excited to kickstart them back off with these stories. Um, Do you have social media that people can follow you if they want to look at any pictures or anything like that that you use? Um don't unfortunately that's totally fine that's, sorry that's totally I fine pretty much stick to snapchat and facebook i guess they can add me on snapchat oh okay I, that's good because yeah i travel a lot and i yeah. always post stuff on snapchat people like to see so that so my username on snapchat is coastal c-o-a-s-t-a-l underscore chick c-h-i-c-k okay coastal cool. chick All right, so people can follow you and check out your adventures. Mm -hmm. Nice. Thank you so much for sharing that and also for letting me stay and sharing all of these stories with us. Um, I'm so glad you're here. Yeah, I know. Me too. I'm so glad too. I just posted right on Facebook, okay, can I stay with you? (laughs) And then I was like, I don't know if I should have just said that, (laughs) but it happened. Well, I'm glad you're here. Me too. Thank you so much. And we will maybe talk to you in the future about your upcoming trips that you probably don't have planned, but you're probably going to go on. That sounds great. <laughs> Perfect. Oh